Hi, Mama. So excited you're here today. I hope you had an amazing holiday week if you're listening in real time. I hope it just was so great. And just thinking about that time of Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, it's kind of inspired a whole new series. I would love to share a few episodes about how to navigate our families well, because I know for almost everyone, going into our families of origin or our extended families can be a trying time, and it is not always easy. Most of the time, it's not. It's probably full of, well, maybe full of joy, which is great, but even in those families that, that bring you joy, there's usually still conflict, because Family relationships are complicated. There's a lot of complexity to it. And these are ongoing relationships that most of the time are going to be there for the long haul. And so it gets complicated, right? Any kind of relationship is not easy. There's two, at least two people coming together to create one relationship. And in the context of family, that's even usually extended. And so it can just be the breeding ground for disagreements, for conflict. And so I want to go into some thoughts I have about how to navigate it in a healthy way, how to navigate it as a child of God and to stand in in the light that God is calling you to. But these conversations, you know, they we're going to talk specifically about what it looks like to enter them in our family of origin. But this is for truly true for any relationship. All of these things we're going to be talking about can be applied to any kind of relationship, marriage, friendship. So I'm just really excited to to go here. And today we're going to talk about a really exciting topic, um, how to navigate disagreements, what it looks like to be healthy and grounded when you do not see eye to eye with someone, which this is inevitable in any relationship. This is going to happen at some point. So I'm excited. We're going to talk about maybe some more controversial topics to give you some examples. So I'm excited. I love these kind of conversations. I hope I make you cringe at some point. (laughs) But really, the goal that we are having here is to how to empathize with the other person, how to be able to see what they are seeing enough to care for them in the midst of that disagreement. So I'm excited. Uh, make sure you are in the Facebook group. Such amazing community there. This is a great place to have conversation about these relationships. Where are you getting stuck with your family? And, you know, we don't want to be too explicit and name names or call someone out, but to do it in a way that we can be honoring, um, but seek advice and seek support so that we can navigate this well. So make sure you're in there. Bitly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Morning Mama Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. And let's jump into our conversation today. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom.
Okay, so this topic of how to navigate it when we don't see eye to eye with someone, how to have empathy for that person, even if they are making decisions that affect us, even if they are hurting us through those decisions or harming our relationship. And so it's so good for everyone, especially in our time in the world. And, you know, this this conversation can be really hard for me as well. I, you know, if you've been listening, that I can struggle with pride. And so I kind of all the time just want to believe that I am 100% right, like <laughs> partly my pride and then partly just like this perfectionism that I struggle with. Like I, I seek out information so that I can make these decisions. I seek out leaders that I respect so that I can build these beliefs, this belief system that I can stand firmly on. And we're going to talk about uh, essential beliefs versus non-essential beliefs because, you know, I do believe there are essential beliefs that we're, we're not talking about. Like, there's no question. No one can ever convince me that Jesus is not God, that Jesus didn't raise from the dead. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But what I'm talking about here are these non-essential beliefs, not just about our faith, but about anything, you know, we'll talk about masks today and vaccines. But this, you know, can come up in any realm like parenting. That is a huge one. And so I seek out all of this information, all of this input, partly out of my perfectionism, just wanting to really feel like I have the best way of doing things. I have the right course of action. This is better than all of the other beliefs out there. And then sometimes my sense of justice, like I want to believe that I am acting in in the most just way, that I am acting in a way that is best for myself and for everyone and the way that God calls me to. And so I really just sometimes like to believe that I know it all and that like the conclusions that I have found are the right ones, like the only ones. That's how everyone should believe if they really were, <laughs> like they really had grown enough, if they really were strong enough, if they really were close enough to God. So I share all of this with you very vulnerably because maybe you can relate to some of those feelings about your beliefs. The crazy thing is I have found that uh, those, that's not true. That's not possible. Because here's the thing I have found is these non-essential beliefs have changed over the years, like big ones that I was so certain about. They have changed. And I believe that they're going to continue to change as I grow more. Like I am just in the beginning of motherhood. There is so much more that I have to learn. And, you know, while I have this degree and I've learned all of these things about marriage and family therapy and what it looks like to have healthy family, it doesn't mean I know everything like that's, you know, learning from a book is one thing. Learning from life is an entirely different thing. So I and it's not just about parenting. This is in all of the realms. So I know now I can see these beliefs that I held so strongly now have, in some cases, completely flip-flopped on the other side. And, you know, on this journey of <laughs> God growing me and, you know, I have or I had, and I maybe still in some ways do, had this black and white thinking about beliefs, kind of like what I'm describing, that there are right beliefs and there are wrong beliefs. And again, not talking about the essentials of our faith, but, you know, 
there are certain ways of viewing things. And this <laughs> recently was kind of thrown on its head when I was having a conversation with one of my pastors about doing research on how another church was doing something. Because I think this is such an amazing way that my church does things is we look and see what, what's already been invented. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like we can get inspiration and ideas from other churches. And so anyways, he was he was directing me to do this research and he directed me to a certain church and he said, yeah, I align with, you know, probably like 80% of, you know, how this pastor sees things. And when he said that number, I honestly was really confused. I was like, is that high or is that low? Like, I, I think my first reaction was thinking that was low. Like, oh my gosh, why are we, why are we, you know, taking his advice if it's only 80%? Like, that's a big gap. But as I, you know, asked him that question, which probably sounded like a stupid question to him, I think he was like very confused by it. I'm like, is that high or low? He said, oh, no, this is like one of the main pastors that I align with. Like, and that was shocking for me because of this black and white view that I have that, yep, there is a right way of thinking. We can know all of these things if we really look enough. But if if this is someone that he is trusting and there's only 80% continuity in their agreement, and again, these are not the essentials of our faith. So the essentials of our faith would be Jesus is God. Jesus died on the cross and rose again. We are all sinners. Jesus is the only way to God. So those are not part of this equation. Like that was not part of the 80% or, you know, it maybe it was part of the, the core that he did agree with. But, but what this showed me is that f- even for people who are running in our same lane, we are going to see things differently a lot of time. And, you know, these disagreements that, that he referenced in that 20% gap are the non-essentials of our faith, things that that don't determine life or death. Like, you know, we Jesus is the way. That's not in question, but it's these other non-essentials. And we don't need to go into that because this is not what this podcast is about. And that wasn't even the point of the conversation I had with him. It just made me realize, gosh, like I can't hold my views as black and white as I have. And if you look at what is happening in the world today, like it is, this is such a good example of this. You know, you could hold crazy strong beliefs about what is happening in the world. And, you know, say you're a Christian and you hold these strong beliefs. Your neighbor who might live right next door might also be a equally strong Christian, might hold just as strong beliefs in the opposite direction. And so it is crazy just how polarizing things are. But if if that is what's happening and we both, you know, stand on this firm foundation of Jesus, then we can't hold these beliefs so tightly. There might be a lot that we're missing in where we've landed. Just like I had this belief for a long time. And I'll tell you about it in a little bit, but it got completely flip-flopped on its head. So here, the first step, and I have five steps for you today of how to navigate these disagreements, how to have empathy within the context of a disagreement. And the first step is to remember your humanness in your beliefs and your non-essential beliefs. Remember that you are human. Remember that you are not God. Remember you do not see all things and know all things. And you have formed beliefs, but it is based on a limited amount of information. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But you cannot see clearly all of the things that are there. 
And, and again, I just have to emphasize this so many times because I do say this with a big caveat because, again, there are a lot of movements going on in the world that that I do believe go against what God says, that, that God made clear in the Bible. And we cannot call innocent what God says is harmful. We don't get to change what he said. And so I am not saying to question the Bible, though that is really a core tenet of our faith, that the Bible is God's word. But in all of these other beliefs, you are human. Okay, I'm going to tell you this really vulnerable story about my journey, this thing I keep talking about, referencing where I flip-flopped my viewpoint. So for the longest time since I can remember, I was determined to never spank my children. I you know, it started out when I was a kid and I just got this idea that I didn't want to spank my children in the future. I just felt like it was wrong. And then I went to grad school and, you know, research kind of backs up that spanking isn't found to be effective. And, you know, I think there was something else too that kind of guided this. And so I've, I've always had this belief. I did not want to spank my child. And it, it kind of grew and grew into the point that I actually really viewed it as wrong. Like it was wrong if people spanked their kids. Now, I don't know where you fall on this, and honestly, I don't really think it matters. I do believe this is a non-essential part of faith, but I do want to share my journey through this because it's just such a clear example of why we have to hold these beliefs, these non-essential beliefs, loosely. So, you know, I had this belief, and I saw things that way, and then just... I have been digging into the Old Testament. I've been reading through the Old Testament the past couple of years, and it is actually pretty crazy how clear I believe the Bible is about using physical discipline. And that coupled with my pastor's beliefs, and I very much respect them and, you know, their values and their amazing parents and their kids are incredible. And, you know, they are my leaders. And they never told me ever, you should spank your kids. That was never a conversation we had. But, you know, being around them, and we'll talk about that in a minute, and just hearing what that looked like as they lived out their parenthood, lived out their faith, and that would come up in different conversations casually. And so at some point, the, the the combination of me seeing this in the Bible, like so much more clearly, them having that influence. And honestly, like initially when I was in the church and I would hear this mentioned, I thought like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my pastors believe in spanking. How could they? And it, I, it was actually something I kind of had to wrestle with. But I knew I trusted so much of everything else that they did that, it, you know, I, I, I still respected them as my leaders. But so that was like my initial response to, to their view. But then I think it just says the Holy Spirit and also just feeling like sometimes not knowing what to do in certain circumstances with my, my son and feeling like I needed something else. And so now I do believe in spanking. I do believe that God... It makes it clear in the Bible. However, I say all of that. That's where I've landed. 
I do, though, believe it's a ongoing conversation I'm having with God because I have found a couple of amazing Christian resources on parenting that don't believe in spanking. And so I do hold it much more loosely now, though I now do utilize spanking as a form of discipline. And my my big key with that is never spanking in anger. Like there's a whole system around spanking that we use. And I share all of this not to tell you that's what you should do because uh, that's a conversation you need to have with God and with your leaders and, you know, see how God guides you in that. Because, again, there are some amazing resources out there that that disagree with what I just said. But this is where I have landed. And so it is funny to me that for so many years I felt so strongly in the opposite direction completely that now I have landed here. So these first steps is really focused on yourself as we're talking about how to have empathy in these relationships and in these disagreements, because we have to start with ourselves. We have to begin, we have to look at what we have, what we're bringing to the table, what our beliefs are, so that we can be prepared to create this empathy, to create this connection in these disagreements. So first up, make sure you are holding your non-essential beliefs loosely. Remember that you're human. Okay, the second thing is to look at why you hold your beliefs. Who are you surrounded by that has influenced you? And even what is your propens- your natural propensity and your personality type? Like, for example, as a one on the Enneagram, I tend to see things through this lens of black and white and perfectionism, and so that can taint some of my beliefs. You know, another, like if if you're a six on the Enneagram, I know there's a lot of fear base in that number, generally speaking. And so that can taint beliefs. But really looking at how you have come to those beliefs, why you hold those beliefs. And this is important because you have to understand there's a lot of factors at play in how you have formed these beliefs. You are not an island You are not just coming up with this on your own without others' influence. There are things that have led you to these beliefs. Like you've probably heard people say that you are going to become like the five people who you are closest to because we influence each other without realizing it. And I've, I've seen this also just play out in my life so much. You know, I grew up in a really conservative area, conservative family, and then I came out to California and lived in L.A. And through the process of all of these things, uh, I have recognized now as I step back that so much of my views were impacted by that move and by the city even in which I was living. And while I'm really grateful for a lot of things I learned from that, I can now see there was some mindsets of the world that I took on. And the same can happen in the opposite realm. If, if you are in a hyper-conservative environment, there can be mindsets that, that seem biblical but aren't that you can take on, you know, like legalism. That's a, that's a huge one. I, I also had that in a, a previous church that I was at. I, I had this concept of God um that he had all these rules and it was all about following the rules. And yes, it was about the relationship too, but it was very black and white, the things you should and should not do. And I, I don't believe that's who God is. I don't believe that's what he calls us to. And so whatever space you're in, this can happen. And really, I'm so grateful for having to 
gotten this opportunity to live in these two completely different <laughs> mindsets, these different types of cities, because now I, I honestly deeply understand the heartbeat behind both sides, even if we're talking politically, like because there are Christians on both sides that strongly stand there. And I totally can understand why so many Christians are passionate Democrats. And I can totally understand why so many Christians are passionate Republicans. I can see the misunderstanding that goes across both sides. I, I can see it all so clearly. And it's truly not because they are in direct opposition of each other. It's really that they're just focused on different things. Okay, so that's number two, looking at why you hold the beliefs that you do. What are the factors that influence it? Now we're continuing on this line of looking internally at ourselves before we can look at the other person. And so number three is take an issue that, you know, you've had conflict over, that you're divided over in your family or with whoever, and look, does anyone, by the way, this is so random, but whoever, whomever, I can never figure that one out. Like, I get the whole they, they're, 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 the different types of they're, the different types of two, <laughs> but the whomever, whoever, I just can't. I just, I, I, it will not click in my brain. So please come teach me if you're a teacher and you know how to make it click. Thanks. And don't judge when I mess that up. Okay, so yeah, find an issue that you're divided over and ask yourself, what beliefs do you have that are underneath that decision? What beliefs are in you that has led you to passionately believing in this side? Okay, so as an example, hot topic, whoa, whoa. let's take mask, masking. For those who believe that masks should be mandated, they believe that it is literally saving people's lives, that this is how we stop people from dying, that th their belief that, you know, that is COVID is dangerous and that there is something that they can do to save lives. And that is putting on a mask like and I'm not sh sharing what side I'm on. That's not what we're here for. But like, think about that. You know, if, if you're on the side of non-masking, like if, if you really believed that you could save someone's life by putting on a mask, would you do that? I'm pretty sure you would, right? <laughs> so that is what is underneath that belief. Now, for the side of non-maskers, their belief is, is that COVID is not dangerous, either that it's made up or it's not serious. It's not something that we should fear. They believe that I mean, there's so many layers of different different beliefs out there that I've heard, but essentially it is just that it is not something that we need to fear. And they're concerned about our freedom to make sure that we can have freedom to make our own decisions. So for those of you that do strongly believe in masking, it is not that they believe people should die. <laughs> like it is a difference in the the belief. There's a different belief underlying that view on the issue. Okay, and an example that's even more clear, that's also super hot, vaccinations. So some people believe that vaccines are the way that we save people's lives. This is how we help people live. This is how we stop them from dying is to get the vaccines and that everyone should get them because that is how we stop people from dying. Now, the other side is that some people believe that those vaccines, the vaccines themselves, are not safe. They haven't been tested. There's not enough research that there can be long-term consequences to this, or even that there has been found to have long-term consequences from this. 
But here's the thing. At the, at the core, both sides strongly want safety. They don't want anyone to be hurt or have consequences. They don't want anyone dead. Like, really, the core is that they both believe that people should be safe. They want people to be safe and healthy. But they see it differently. So what is it for you? What are the beliefs that are underlying these views you have on these issues? Recognize what your motivations are. Recognize what your values are because it's influencing your views. Okay, now number four, the last one that we're going to go internally with, look at your beliefs and look at which ones are based on fear. Because I I have an episode a while back that talks about how really there's nothing that we need to fear. Now we need to use wisdom and discretion, that that Holy Spirit-led wisdom. But there's nothing. God says, do not fear many times. Do not be anxious about anything. Again and again, he tells us we don't need to worry. We don't need to fear. We don't need to be anxious. And so if we have fear that is filtering through any of our beliefs, that is based on our pain. And that fear is going to block us from things. Our fear draws the lines of where we're going to go. Our fear determines what walls we put up. So again, we need wisdom, but look at, are there any of the beliefs that you have that are based in fear, not in wisdom, that, that you believe that you're scared to die or you, you know, from the vaccine or from COVID, whatever it is. And it can go beyond that. And this is for any issue. You know, this is just the, the pertinent examples in our world right now. But this is for anything. Okay, so after you go through those four steps reflecting on yourself, and really this is something you're probably going to want to do in a journal, just to really take a look at your beliefs, at where you stand with them, how they got formed, what the core is, because then you do want to do some work with God if if they are based in a lie and fear and pain. That is not where we want to place our beliefs or our values, right? And so before we can go and look at where someone else is coming from. We need to understand all the nuances that make up our own beliefs and where we stand. So after you do that work, only after you do that work, then you can move to number five. So you take these four steps that we just went through and you can turn it outward now. And you, one, can remember that they are human and you are human. And so, you know, taking both of those factors into account that Some, you both probably have it wrong at some level. Not one of you is completely right. Or maybe, maybe on this issue, you know, it's, it's clear that they are not taking like a biblical stance on this, but maybe there's something else where you have it completely wrong and they, (laughs) they have something more clearly right. And then number two, look at why they hold those beliefs. Who have they been influenced by? How is that different from who you've been influenced by? Who is, are they close to? What is their propensity and their personality? If they generally see things through this lens of fear, then this, this is, makes sense why they would see this, this current issue through that lens. And it's not that they are trying to attack you or they're being crazy. It's that they see the world through this lens. Now, again, it doesn't mean that it's correct. It doesn't mean that it's based in truth and God's word and peace in, in God's values, but it can help create empathy because if you can understand where, how they got there, what are the factors that led them to that belief? 
And really, most of the time when we're talking about beliefs, it's the moment that their belief intersects with ours and it impacts us in some way, whether it we're we have done something wrong and they're seeing that as that we did it wrong, whether they're cutting off our relationship because they see that we didn't do something correctly, whether they don't trust us because they feel that we have made a, ba- a poor decision. You know, there's there's a lot of things that can it can look like, but it's always from this place where it begins to impact us in some tangible way. Heated discussions can can go there too, but generally it's it's easier to remain connected just during a discussion. It's when it begins to impact us that it really can be tricky. Okay, and then taking number three outwardly. This is the biggest one for me. It's looking at why, what is underneath their view on this issue? What is at the core of it? You know, do they just really want to protect their kid and they're really worried about their kid? Or maybe they live in fear for themselves and they're really worried about their own safety. Or maybe they really want to spend time with you and they're really concerned that this thing, if you make this decision, it's going to prevent them from seeing you and spending that time together. If you can take time to look underneath their words, look underneath their behavior, Look underneath the the real the the issue that you're actually talking about and look deeper to the core of what are they believing? How are they seeing this? Because they're probably seeing it completely different than you. Remember, it's probably not that they want people to die. Whatever side, doesn't matter. But like, you know, looking at their true intentions. And then number four, just also remembering that some of our beliefs can stem from pain. So Again, just because they hold that belief, we're not trying to justify it. We're not trying to say it's right. We're not trying to agree with it. What we're trying to do is empathize to understand what is that pain point? Like if it is based in pain, what is that pain point? And so we can be able to connect with them even in the midst of disagreement. We have to look at their heart. So I hope this begins to unlock some new ideas for you about how to navigate these these disagreements with your family, with, with anyone, really, where you can begin to remain connected in these disagreements, when you can begin to empathize again and not just act out of anger or not just cut off a relationship, but you can look underneath what is happening and see what's what's really happening at the core instead of being caught up in this polarization that our world wants us to see, this black and white thing thinking, we can see at the root, look, we're the same. We don't want people to die. That's pretty cool. And we don't have to change our views on something, but we can remain connected and we can connect over the core issue. And sometimes our views will change. If we can get to a place where we're not defensive and angry and we're, we're trying to remain connected, sometimes over the time, the course of time, our beliefs will change as the Holy Spirit guides. But above all, the goal is just to not allow these surface level viewpoints to get in the way of this connection that God calls us to. We are called to love one another as Christ loved us. Think about who Jesus hung out with, right? Tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners of all kinds, because all of us are. But don't you think some of his viewpoints were a little bit different than them? And yet he found a way to love them and stay connected to them and serve them in the midst of all of that. And often he didn't even address some of those issues. You know, they, through being around him, So let me pray for you 
just that God would show you how to navigate these conversations in this season. So hopefully you can spend these uh, couple weeks before Christmas and maybe you're gathering again so you can prepare to, maybe it didn't go well for Thanksgiving and, you know, wherever you're at in the year too, you know, you can just prepare for the next time you gather to just be more grounded and be ready to navigate these hard conversations. So let me pray. God, I just thank you that, that we are called to be your light and that we actually don't have to figure out all of the correct answers to all of these little questions that in the end don't really matter. And so, God, I just pray that you would help everyone to have the stamina, the strength, the peace, the patience to go into these relationships and go into these conversations and just be your light. Focus on loving the people. Focus on understanding where they're coming from. God, just show us what's at their core. Show us how to connect with their heart, how to to see their heart. Even if their behavior is bad and, you know, what they're doing is unkind, God, that, that we would be able to see beneath it and just connect to that heart, Lord. And I just pray that you would give everyone that strength, Lord, as they go into this next season. And we thank you that you're with us in all of this. You never leave us or forsake us. And that you promise us the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that as the Holy Spirit is with us, he will give us everything that we need to be your light in these conversations. I just thank you, God, for your goodness that we can always trust. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.